Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse podcast, the official podcast of filmpulse.net. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode number 180. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we have Kevin Rakestraw. How are you doing there, Kevin? Doing pretty good. This week, we'll be reviewing Craig Zobel's Z for Zachariah, along with the post-apocalyptic BMX bike spectacular Turbo Kid. We've got two post-apocalyptic movies going on this week. It's all about the post-apocalypse. Very different. Two very different post-apocalypse Completely movies. different. Completely. <laughs> of course, we'll also be going over some of what we've been watching. This week's movie prediction is new on video on demand and DVD and Blu-ray releases. If you're watching us on the live stream, welcome. I'll try to keep an eye on the chat, so feel free to join in on the conversation. You can uh, type something in the chat or comment on the video, and I'll try to keep a, keep an eye on that. Uh, before we jump into our first review, I also wanted to say that we are going to be bringing back the Film Pulse Play series. This weekend, I did a little test stream with uh, a game that I've been playing called Dead in Bermuda. It's not movie related, but I just wanted to test out how this new YouTube gaming platform works. And okay. it, it worked out pretty nicely. I, I just saved the live stream on our YouTube channel so you can watch it if you want. I just yeah. played this game for like... I don't know, like 40 minutes or something. It's a pretty cool game, but in the future, what we're going to do is pretty much exclusively stick with movie games. So Makes sense. I'm going to start off by doing a Let's Play of the Mad Max game that's coming out this Tuesday. Ooh. And I'm going to go into it completely cold. So I'm just okay. going to start. I'm just going to hit record on the stream and Let's jump into the game completely cold. It'll probably be... A disaster and you'll all see how terrible i am at video games oh it's gonna be a train wreck everyone loves train wrecks though <laughs> yeah yeah so that that should be fun i'll be playing through uh probably a lot of the game actually so are you just gonna play for like seven days straight mm, no probably not that long i'll probably do my the, the first stream i'll do maybe three hours holy shit two or three hours Damn. It depends because I'll probably start the stream midnight when the game unlocks and I don't know how much I'll play because I don't know how tired I'll be, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, so stay stay tuned for that if you're interested. Uh, like I said before, I want to continue doing the Film Pulse Play series because I, I like doing it. I love video games almost as much as I love movies. And we just had such a hard time with YouTube's content ID system where almost every video we posted was getting flagged for copyright because of including the clips from the movies into the video. And there's just, I can't do it like that anymore, unfortunately. So I figured this will be the next closest thing. Actually just play the games and stream them. There you go. So, all right, let's, uh, let's dive into our first review of the day. I figured we could, we could do uh, uh, Z for Zachariah first. Let's do it. This is directed by Craig Zabel, as I mentioned. Is it also written by him? No, it's uh, based on the novel by Robert C. O'Brien. Mm -hmm. And I have a synopsis here. In the wake of a disaster that wipes out most of civilization, two men and a young woman find themselves in an emotionally charged love triangle as the last known survivors. This stars Chiwetel Ejiofor, Chris Pine, and Margot Robbie. Now... I think I'll start this one off because I wrote a review for Turbo Kids. So we'll start with you on that one. Gotcha. 
I was actually pretty excited for for Z for Zachariah. For some reason, I just like Craig Zobel. I just like him. I don't know why, because I think I've only ever seen Compliance. Yeah. But for some reason, I just want to like this guy. And I went into this one being somewhat excited for it. I heard good things, but I got to say, I was pretty let down by this movie. I didn't find much to latch on to. There were some good performances, but at the end of the day, it was just a meh for me. At the end of the day. Yeah, I, I thought that it looked great visually. Well, I mean, it's New Zealand, so it's going to yeah. look gorgeous. Yeah. No but matter what. I thought the overall cinematography was... Yeah, the cinematography good. was pretty good. I mean, it, in all honesty, that's it's the star of the movie. Yeah, and I, I thought that the performances were solid. I mean, everybody here, like Margot Robbie, I haven't seen her in much, so I didn't have much to go on. And I thought she was pretty good in this. I thought it, yeah, performances all around were pretty good. Um, but, but yeah, much like you, it was just a meh for me. It's just, I mean, in all honesty, once you, it just boils down to a, a love triangle. And like, that's all it is. But it's, it is a love triangle, but it is, nowhere near as deep of a love triangle as I expected it to be. Yeah, I no. mean, it's they get in and get out with that love triangle business very quickly. Uh, yeah, and it seems like everyone's just kind of... Everyone knows what's going on with the love triangle. Everyone knows where everyone else stands as far as the love triangles go, which, again, doesn't make it that very compelling of a love triangle. Because right off the bat, Chittawell's just like, yeah, it's all right. And you're just like, oh, okay. So where's the tension going to come from? Yeah. And guess guess what? <laughs> no tension ever. Yeah. This is just not the the whole apocalypse thing. That really doesn't need to be there. The only reason it's there is just to force them into a love triangle and give them that project to work on, which you know then it plays into that whole uh, him being a scientist and her and her daddy's church, but they need the church. But all that's kind of surface level. Everything's just surface level. We don't really go deep into anything at all. And the next thing you know, it's mm -hmm, over. Mm -hmm. And it has that awful grating music throughout. Yeah. I couldn't I, I, ugh, I couldn't stand that music. I also did not like the music whatsoever. I just felt like this the story was it didn't nothing went deep enough for me. There were Exactly. We there's you, we don't we don't plumb anything here. Everything's just surface level. Like I said, we really don't get into these characters that much. And they just kind of, you're just kind of spending time with them as they do their thing day in, day out. Which is mostly just watching them yeah. farm and drink wine. And Chittawell's a little funny there when he when he finds his <laughs> beer. Like, don't try and take his beer away. Yeah, he gets a little angry drunk there. <laughs> he does. It's kind of funny, though. Same time. But, uh, yeah, and there's just, there's, and there's things that happen that just didn't really make sense to me. The progression of things. Like, he, he gets angry drunk, and he makes her extremely uncomfortable. And then, like, the next scene is her coming on to him, which just came I, Yeah, I didn't get odd. that at all. Because it, it seemed like she was not interested in him at all. And then, all of a sudden, she's putting on makeup and she has that nice sundress and like all this stuff. And she's like courting him almost. And I didn't, 
I didn't really get how they got to that point from where they were previously. Yeah. And then you have later on where she seems to be developing feelings for Loomis. And then split second later, she's she's doing the nasty with Caleb in the bathroom. And, and, and that... And you're just like, okay. And then the next day, she's all br- yeah, broken and, up and about Yeah, and that, it. the way that that played out seemed kind of spur of the moment, too, where it's just like, oh, okay, we're going for that. All right, I see. And then she's all broken up about it, and it's like, Chidwell told you it was fine. Loomis was okay with it. All I got to say is if you want to see yeah. this uh, this same concept done in a much more entertaining way, watch uh, Last Man on Earth, the show. There's another one, too, from, uh, I think it was last year, maybe the year before. The, the, the foreign film, The yeah. Desert. Yeah, much better. Much, much better. Or is it I just called it, Desert? I don't know if I don't it's, know if it's yeah, Desert I'm not or sure. The Desert. I didn't actually see it. That was one that missed me. That one's much better. Yeah. Oh. There's just no, there's not, but there's not much going on here. Strong performances all around, like like we previously said, but eh, you know, I don't know. I just I wasn't feeling this one. Yeah, me either. I was very disappointed. I f- and it felt disappointed. And it's like ninety three minutes long or something like that. Ninety five minutes. But good lord, did it feel so much longer? It's a very it's a very paced movie. I mean, it is a very like you said, just a lot of farming, a lot of long scenes with very little dialogue which which is so disappointing because the beginning of this movie when it's just margot robbie doing her thing her day-to-day i i loved all that stuff like the setup everything before she met uh edge of force character i was like oh man this is great yeah there's like no dialogue in this and it looks looks awesome where are they going with this and i like the concept of there's this oh it's it's a very yeah. intriguing concept. It's just unfortunately I don't really do it. The fact that there's this that. one valley that is safe. Like it's been shielded from this nuclear fallout or whatever that's happened. But you think they would have done a little more with that too. Man, they don't they don't go deep with anything. They they bring it up. You kinda have this, you know, you can look at it as like heaven on earth or like the Garden of Eden type, some type deal. And there's a little bit of talk of faith because, you know, Loomis's character is a scientist, he doesn't really have faith. But the other two, Chris Pine and Robbie, very devout. But again, they outside of having to tear down her dad's church, there's there's not much. We don't really we don't develop it. We don't explore it outside of surface level stuff. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately, I uh, agree with you on that one. Just a huge disappointment. One thing that this did do was it get me excited for. Margot Robbie and Suicide Squad because she's playing Harley Quinn and I wasn't sure how that was going to work but then after seeing this movie I'm like okay she can act um I'm on board should be interesting I'm still not sure how what she's going to do with the voice though you know because Harley Quinn has such a distinct voice I have no idea what Harley Quinn's voice sounds like oh my like. god I don't I don't even know if you've never seen Batman is. the animated series no as a kid you never watched that it's- I'm pretty sure every child of our generation watched that well, show. Well, yeah, I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember that character from that show, though. I thought it was like a new show oh, you were no. talking about. Gotcha. I don't All remember right. the character. 
If you want to talk Beetlejuice, the animated series. <laughs> no, I don't actually. <laughs> fucking get into it, dude. I actually don't want to talk about that. I, I didn't like that. I loved Beetlejuice, but I never, even as a kid, never liked the animated series. Oh, so into that show. I thought the animation quality was such garbage on that show. You and your refined taste. <laughs> yeah, I did have very see, refined taste you. in animation back then. Oh boy! All right. What are you? What are you gonna? What are you gonna rate this Z for Zachariah? I'm gonna give it a five and a half. Oh boy! Oh, mm, I'm gonna get a four and a half. All right. There you go. It's a waste of time. Z for Zachariah is playing right now in select cities and on VOD, so you can check it out if you'd like. Let's talk about our next movie, uh, which is much well. In my opinion, much better at least. We'll see what you think. That's tur- mm-hmm. that's Turbo Kid. This is directed by a, f- a filmmaking collective known as RKSS. I'm just going to call them RKSS because I think that I'd probably butcher their, their actual names. I think they're a Canadian film collective, if I'm not mistaken. You would butcher the hell out of their names. I'm sure. I'm sure I would. I have a synopsis here. In a post-apocalyptic wasteland, a comic book fan dons a pers- the persona of his favorite hero to save his enthusiastic friend and fight a tyrannical overlord. This stars Monroe Chambers, Lawrence LaBeouf, and Michael Ironside. Now, Kevin, what you think of uh, Turbo Kid? Turbo Kid, fun time. Had myself a blast with some Turbo Kid. Uh, much better... Then uh, what was that? That Kung Fury. Oh yeah, I mentioned. Business. Yeah, I mentioned that. They're kind. Of, they're kind of going for the same thing, but, but they not. do it so much. Better. They are, but they're yeah. not. Like, okay, I, in my review, well, it has it has some of that where it's the the over the top gore and it has some of those comedic elements, and uh, but it's just it's done so much better because they actually capture that where they get that like eighties heart in there. Yeah, which is what Kung Fury was missing. It was just. Posing. Right. And I'm, I mentioned this in my written review that Kung Fury and, and some of these other 80s throwback things that they do, they just regurgitate things from the 80s and just constantly slap you in the face with it. Like, remember this? Remember this? Remember this? Yeah. And, and it's always done with that, you know, that wink, wink. And, nudge. you know, they try they try to make it look like it was an 80s VHS that you're watching or something. And what... Turbo Kid shows is that you don't have to do that to make it still feel like a throwback 80s movie. Like, but it does have a lot of 80s shit it, in there. It does, but that's just because in the movie, the movie takes place in 1997, and there was some sort of you know nuclear fallout again, or something happened in the 80s, so they're kind of stuck. They're st- it's like Cuba, you know, like Cuba's stuck in the 50s right now. <laughs> And in, in this movie, moving out a little bit, branching out. In this, now they are, yeah. In this, in this movie, they're stuck in the '80s, pretty much, because that's where time stood still. So it makes sense within the context of the story that the gear and stuff that they would have would be from that time period. That being said, they didn't do any bullshit like tracking things or filters or anything, or make it look like it was shot on VHS. Or anything like that in this movie. The movie looks good. It looks high quality. Yeah, yeah. And I appreciated that. I appreciated the fact that you can make a movie not look like shit and still have it pay homage <laughs> to the '80s. Just you know, yeah. just because it is something that's that's uh, a love letter to the '80s doesn't mean it has to look like shit. True. 
Very and that true. was that was one thing that I really appreciated about this movie. The other thing was going back to what you said, the the heart of this movie. There was this uh this charm to this movie that I didn't expect at all. But it's about friendship. But when you watch it you're like, "Oh my god, like this is kind of a feel good movie. I'm feeling good right now." Yeah. Even though there is so much which which is funny cuz there's that juxtaposition of the feel good movie and then the excessive yeah. amount of gore there's... and bodies exploding and blood just fountains geysers, of blood. Geysers of blood. Geysers. Blood geysers everywhere. There... And just people being horrified cuz the blood geysers just splashing into their face, <laughs> directly into their yeah. face. Yeah, there's a lot of that. A lot of that going on. A lot of dismemberment. There's so much dismemberment. Body parts being stacked on top of body parts. Yeah, that was that was kind of <laughs> like the totem pole. <laughs> uh, it's it's completely over the top and ridiculous, but it's it's done in such a fun way that it's it's yes, it's silly, but at least to me, it wasn't stupid. It was maybe that's not the right. It was it was kind of stupid, but in a funny way, in a deliberate <laughs> yeah, way. It was deliberately yeah, stupid. It's in a good way. You were having good fun. Good, silly fun being had. And I do love the... Because you have so many different elements going on here. You got the Mad Max feel. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of feels like... Uh, what was the... Dead End, Dead End Drive-In? Is that what it's called? Yeah. The Trent... The got Brian Trenchard yeah. movie. Yeah. It's got that feel. You got the BMX bikes. Mm-hmm. Which I, <laughs> I did love. The... Because uh, everyone rides BMX yeah. bikes. Which just to me was hilarious, well, especially they do that the whole chase scene yeah. with Raiden, which was fantastic. Yeah. And then you have, there's elements of like over the top because of the arm wrestling for some reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got all sorts of stuff going on. And see, this is, that's another thing that they did right. You know, they put in all of these just little, just little Easter eggs, Easter egg references to other 80s movies, but they didn't make it so overt that you're just like, oh, Jesus. You know, like they, they... They had the guy with with the Raiden hat from Big Trouble in Little China, and they did the arm wrestling from over the top, but it wasn't like, all right. Yeah, it wasn't in your face. Plus, they put their own spin on it. Exactly, yeah. I do like the idea of putting blenders. Yeah, that was interesting. That's an an interesting Flaming blenders. Yeah, oh, that's right. Well, the flames didn't work too well. No, but... That guy didn't get the flames right, which I imagine would be difficult, though. Well, you gotta, yeah. I mean, there's some heavy modding that you'd have to do with those blenders. Yeah, they break that up, and there's, you know, those blenders are old too. They looked very old, yeah. I mean, it's 1997. Yeah, it's just, but you know, apparently they work enough to tear a guy's face open. There was a slap bracelet reference. Yeah, that's, you got slap. <laughs> that's something I don't know if I've seen in any of these 80s throwback movies. Slap bracelet. You gotta have a slap bracelet in there. I like the gnome stick. Yeah, and then, <laughs> the, the, the jump cuts of her, yeah, her swinging out the gnomes. And now, so that that kind of leads me to uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is that character. Her name was Apple. <laughs> I loved Apple. What's your name, Apple? Of course it is. <laughs> I when they first introduced her, I was like, oh no, she's gonna be annoying as shit. I'm not gonna like this, but probably. Five minutes after they introduced her, I just I loved that character and I just wanted more of her. Yeah, she wins you over. And I, this is a minor spoiler, but she dies like fifteen times in this movie and keeps coming back. And it's I find that to be hilarious too. And I was actually I was bummed out the first time because I you know 
I didn't know that she was right. going to die 15 times and come back. So the first time that she dies, I was like, well, damn, her character didn't last long. Yeah. I think I think that she was she kind of stole the show for me. She was just a delight. Yeah. She was just a delight. But, well, that's where the charm came from. Because then you end up, st- you actually have something to root for. Yeah. Because I, I wanted Turbo Kid to save Apple. <laughs> I don't know why, but I wanted Turbo Kid to save Apple. I wanted Turbo Kid to save Apple. God damn it. I'm rooting for the kid. He's got that power glove. Charges up. Yep. Mega Man style. Yeah. It, I, it, I was kind of surprised what the glove did. I wasn't expecting that. That kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, I, I saw the T is for Turbo short way back. And so I kind of, I knew where that, that was going. Because that was in that, that uh, the short film version. But so, so yeah, when, you know, when you get to see that first actually get used <laughs> the destruction I was like, yeah uh-huh let's use that power glove yeah. all day yeah i had a great time with this movie i thought it was it was just fantastic it's, it's I, had a, fun. I had a great it, you know and then for me for me it it just it just worked out because i needed a movie like this yeah just a fun movie i just wanted to have a good time and Turbo Kid delivered. Now, which one did you see first? Did you see Z for Zachariah first? I saw Z for Zachariah first. Yeah, same here. It was just, when I went into Turbo Kid, I was like, just fucking energy. Yeah, same here. Please. I wanted a palate cleanser. <laughs> I just wanted something fun. Please. Yeah. Don't. And I was worried going in, because I was just like, please don't be Kung Fury. Don't I was worried. I was really worried, yeah, that it was going to be Kung Fury. And it, fortunately, it's leaps and bounds above kung fury for me and i just want to know where that guy where do you find his hand where do you get that new hand at because that seemed complicated that was an elaborate hand i don't know he's he a just, nomad he just pick, he just picks it up somewhere maybe that was some kind of army of darkness reference when ash gets his Probably. metal hand more than likely it was a, a pretty badass metal hand though it was pretty the things was, he could do with that it was effective definitely effective i thought uh, michael ironside was a great villain when when would michael oh. ironside not be a great villain honestly never zeus i love when apple teaches turbo kid how to fight yep and and then he implements it and it's like so <laughs> horrific when he does <laughs> oh god yeah i thought the uh the level of gore and violence was great it was really funny and so over the top and ridiculous just all the close-ups of blood geysers straight into people's faces and their reactions you get to see somebody get kicked in the balls have their jaw ripped off and then have their jaw stabbed into their own face that ha- yeah that does happen so it does happen a lot of salt blades going through people entering and exiting people's mm-hmm. bodies yeah i like the uh the the one henchman, the number two, I guess you'd call him, the main yeah. goon henchman who didn't talk at all. I thought that he was kind of a badass. Yeah, he was creepy. I didn't like. I like that he scared. I like that you never saw him without the mask, and you never heard him talk either. And they, you just saw that. You just saw the eyes behind yeah. the mask. I was think, which he made some terrible decisions though. There were so many times where he had the saw blade right in someone's face, and he's trying to like push it into him. And it's like, I've seen you, you shoot the shoot salt it. blade. Yeah. You can shoot that salt blade. Let's implement that. Come on. You're making terrible decisions with your salt blades. I like that I thought about it and the the 
the similarities between this and Mad Max, the fact that everybody's on bikes. And I thought that, like, because, you know, the thing in Mad Max is everybody's trying to get gas. Like, everybody's looking for gas. And it's, like, probably ten years after what happens in Mad Max, they probably do run out of gas. I mean, we've seen Fury Road. We know how much they're driving around, and... The, oh my god, they're burning gas. The, those left, things right? are, you know that those are gas guzzlers. They're, well, that's what I don't understand with Mad Max 2. They're just driving around, like when they're not getting gas or when they're not trying to infiltrate the place to get gas. They're just driving around, hooting and hollering, burning gas. Yeah. I mean, just be, let's just be a little more conscientious with their our gas consumption. So, okay. to me, this movie was 10 years down the road when they do run out of gas. How are they going to get around? Duh, BMX bikes. Yeah, fuck yeah. That's what they're going to do. Then you can do those sweet tricks. And it's just going to be hilarious from that point on. Well, yeah. (laughs) Fury Road instantly turns into a comedy. (laughs) Uh, The other thing I liked a lot, soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack was... The soundtrack's fantastic. I, I actually want... I don't know if they offer if they have the soundtrack that you can buy or download, but I actually want it because it's really good. Just watch it again because you got that twenty four hour window. Get your boombox set up, tape it. I could do that. I could just tape it. Yeah, Turbo Kid. I I highly recommend it. It's available now in select cities and on VOD. I I saw it on my Xbox. It was actually the first time I ever rented a movie on my Xbox, and it was a good experience. It was really quick. I just. Hit yeah. the rent button, it played, it was HD, no buffering, no no bullshit. I watched it on Vimeo. Four ninety nine. Yeah. HD I, quality. It's uh oh, fuck yeah, Vimeo. I think it's six ninety nine on Xbox, so go the Vimeo route. Oh, see? You gotta shop around. I didn't know What's I didn't Vimeo? know it was on Vimeo. Vimeo. Let's you know, Vimeo is great. It is. I love Vimeo. I, love, I think it's I, I love you, Vimeo. Like I think YouTube is a good player like it's a good video player but i think vimeo is still the best it's the cleanest oh it's just got that clean look yep i love it all right let's go ahead and give turbo kid a score i gave it a i actually gave it an 8 out of 10 because comparing it to other movies like it i think that it's one of the best i gotcha i'm going like a seven and a half this is a movie that i just i can't wait to watch it again i just want to watch it again right now I have a feeling that um, if I if if we watch this like me, you, and Ryan hanging out, that would be like the oh, perfect yeah. setting. I remember Ryan and I watched Hobo with a Shotgun together, and that's very similar to this, where it's over the top, violent, and the difference. One of the big differences is it didn't have that same charm to it. I mean, it was it was obviously a very different movie. It was going for a different vibe, but it's that charm, man. It's that charm. And I, I love the... 80s. Gotta get that 80s charm. Like, the the thing that surprised me the most, other than that charm, was just the fact that everything looked so good. Like, the settings, the uh, the environments that they shot in, the uh, the um, the production design was just a lot better than I expected. It's on point. All right, there you have it. Turbo Kid, definitely recommend this one. Check it out. Support this uh, RKSS group. I want to see more. Actually, I want to see a Turbo Kid too. I would love to see a sequel to this. Turbo Man. Oh, Turbo Man. Or maybe he'll just turn into. Fuck, dude! I just thought. Maybe that. he'll just turn into Turbo Rider. 
Oh, shit. Hmm. Maybe oh, it's man. like a prophecy. Maybe the comic books are like a prophecy. Maybe. And he's he's destined to become Turbo Rider. Oh, he's totally going to become Turbo Rider. I hope he does, and I hope they make a movie about it. All right, let's go ahead and talk <laughs> about some of what we've been watching. Kevin, we'll start it with uh, you this week. Uh, heaven Knows What. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Um, and this is a tough watch. Yeah. It's a tough yeah. watch. Got that got that uh ridiculous realism going on here which oh boy almost too real it's 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 real god damn is it real i think they're just doing heroin in the movie. <laughs> it's yeah it's pretty i'm almost certain it's they're pretty, just doing well heroin. uh i don't remember i read uh in the press notes that we got for this i read that caleb landry jones he was one of the few actors in this movie and apparently when he takes a role he's he's one of these people that he just gets into it like he just lets the role wash over him and he just kind of becomes the character and they said that he was like taking it to scary levels they had to actually kind of rein him in because they were worried they were worried about the the path that he was going down with it that's yeah and it shows it shows on screen it definitely shows on the screen because Man, he's his character Vilya is like the the scariest villain that I've seen this year, and you know this is a pretty realist film about heroin, and he's he's his character is the one that scares me the most out of all the movies that I've seen this year. Yeah, he's a scary, especially dude. the way you know the way that this movie starts off because it just it just starts right off with a gut punch after uh-huh. gut punch. More, more like gut stabs, really. They're not punches. Yes, definitely. You could say that. Yeah, Jesus, it's just a rough one. Thank you, uh, Ariel, Ariel Holmes. Oh boy, what a performance! Non-actor. It's her, her story. So obviously, you know, she knows how to play it. But damn, she shines. And it's, I just find it weird that we have in one year we have a movie with Cage and a movie with Necro. Yeah, it is kind of weird. <laughs> I like I'd like to see this continue. I want to see Aesop Rock and something. LP, LP and something. Well, he, hell, he did that little with the little song for the end credits of Fantastic Four. Oh, really? Indie hip hop. Yeah, the indie hip hop scene. Take it over. I thought Necro did a solid job in that movie. Actually, he did, yeah, he actually did a fantastic job. I I was quite surprised. Everyone did a fantastic job. And this is one of those, like, the look of it, the feel of it, because the cinematography is fantastic. Yeah. It's just outright amazing. I love the score, oh, too. Yeah. That scene, oh my, my favorite ooh. scene in that movie, I think, is the, the, I guess it's a montage where they're dancing. Yes. Oh, yes. Love it. Yes. It gets you in there. Just gets you pumped up. And uh, it's the closest thing that I've seen, and I hate to compare films and stuff, but the feel of it is, like, the heyday of... Uh, american films in the 70s yeah and i don't know if it just remi- it, because it reminded me a lot of uh the panic and needle park it's 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 but it's, it just has that feel. it's got that grit it's got that grit to it and there's just such a there's a, such a roughness to it that it feels it feels kind of amateurish but in a good way yeah it reminds me of like hopper <laughs> films yeah because you don't want you don't want the story that you're that you're depicting here you don't want it to be polished you don't want it to cl- be clean. clean yeah and man it just works yeah that's it's it's uh, definitely affecting yeah. tell you that 
Well, yeah, I mean, it remains one of my top movies of the year. I thought it was just incredible. Yeah, I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Check it out. I think it's definitely going to be in my my top whatever number we decide on. Yeah. It's going to be in there. Somewhere. Heaven knows what. I believe that's on VOD now. I think it comes out on, on Blu-ray pretty soon. But yeah, you can do, you can do, rent it now, so. Yeah, do that. Uh, let's see. I saw Straight Outta Compton. Oh, shit. Yeah. How'd that go? It went, it went really really well actually i'm not huge into biopics uh i i am a pretty pretty big hip-hop fan actually so are you a big nwa fan um nwa I, yeah i guess i like them i was always it was me. one of those weird things right. where it's like i appreciated them for for what they did to to the genre and i, I thought that some of their some of their songs were okay i mean who doesn't like express yourself you know well yeah it's just a fantastic song all around i was i was more into the the uh solo stuff of easy i didn't like dre by himself and ice cube was okay well i was never a big fan of chronic or chronic 2000 or whatever that his second oh one God, was that took a, that i remember it. everyone everyone all about chronic <laughs> Everybody loving that shit, just playing it twenty four seven. Maybe that's why I don't like it. That's probably yeah. That's probably why I didn't. I actually like, like Cube stuff more. His solo stuff yeah. more too. I would I would go E then Cube and then Dre. I guess. Well, this uh, the movie actually focuses a lot on Easy E because he was kind of the he was technically the owner of Ruthless Records, and it was through him and his relationship with. Uh, Oh, damn it! What's his name? Jerry, the the manager. I can't remember his name. Jerry something. Jerry Heller. Jerry Heller. Uh, their relationship that kind of contributed to Ice Cube leaving the group, and then and then Dr. Dre leaving to form Death Row with Suge Knight. And it was interesting because I didn't know the whole backstory about N.W.A. I knew a lot about them, but this movie really fills in a lot of the gaps that I had with how the group got started and their ultimate downfall and all of that stuff. And they handled everything just, first of all, this movie looks great, which was a surprise. I didn't expect it to, to look this good cinematography wise. Gotcha. It looks really good. It's a long movie. It's two and a half hours long. They cover a lot of stuff. I mean, they, they really cover a lot of what happened um, from the early days all the way up until you know, Easy got sick, and uh, even they even mention there's a scene where Ice Cube is finishing writing the script for Friday, and they even mention that. So they they go up until the the early '90s with it, I would say, yeah. and so yeah. they cover a lot of material, and it's it's good. I mean, what else can I say? It's it's I recommend it if you're even remotely interested in the history of hip hop or any of these any any I of like these people. I like and dislike at the same time the it seems like there's because after this came out and it did really well it seems like i'm hearing a lot of news about uh developments of oh yeah like i just read um gangstar biopic in the world oh yeah and they're gonna the dj premieres work yeah, and apparently work. they're working on a pseudo sequel to this that's gonna pick up where this one left off and none of the i as soon as I read that, I'm like, oh, man, there's going to be a million of these now, and they're all going to be yeah. bad. 
Hopefully not. Hopefully some of them are good. Oh, hopefully. hopefully. I mean, they're not all going to be good, but hopefully, like, I would like a Wu-Tang one. I would love a Wu-Tang one. Can we get a Wu-Tang one? Oh, my God. You know what I was thinking about? You know, with with these music biopics, why haven't we seen a Michael Jackson one yet? Where's that? I think that that would be an interesting biopic. I don't know if anyone wants to touch that. It'll happen. Someday. Oh, yeah. Someday it'll happen. Uh... Like everyone else has been talking about, all of the actors that played these these characters, they all did a fantastic job. The guy that was that played Easy E nailed it. Obviously, Ice Cube's son nails playing his dad. Uh, the guy that played Dre did a really good job too. Uh, the two a guy played Tupac in this, and he was okay. And a guy played Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg was probably the least believable. Out of all of them, and it's just because Snoop Dogg is such a, a distinct character. He has such a distinct look and, and voice that I yeah. think it's nearly impossible to mimic that. So, but he, Does, he's uh, not in it very much, though. Is there a, is Dell in it? Mm, I don't think so. Ah, uh, bummer. No, I don't. I don't think so. Unless I mean, there's a lot of people kind of in the background, like in the periphery when they're yeah. when they're in the studio, which is. Some of the best scenes are when they're actually recording in the studio and just kind of how it plays out. And I don't know how much of this really happened the way that it did in the movie. And I'm sure that there's things that are missing and embellished and all of that. But oh, I'm sure. all that aside, it's it's still a, a good movie. And the fact that they, they put in a lot of... I mean, it's, it's sort of a politically charged movie, too. They put in a lot about the, the uh, L.A. riots and... Um, you know, as a result of the the Rodney King verdict and all of that stuff, and so there there is this a lot of political undertones to it too, and just how they were constantly treated. Because if you remember back when gangster rap first started becoming a thing, you know these artists were ostracized for what they were doing. They were their music was banned. They were arrested in Detroit for playing "fuck the police," and so you you get to see some of that kind of prejudice that came out of it as well so yeah i, I recommend it straight out of the I'm gonna, hit, I'm gonna i'm gonna have to check it out when it comes around yeah definitely I'm gonna have to check it uh i this is one that i forgot to talk about last week but i saw a uh tangerines not to be confused with the, tangerine correct this is the this one was uh nominated for an oscar the first estonian film to be nominated for an oscar it's like a georgia slash estonia production type thing going on here but uh these estonian men that live in russia or live in georgia war breaks out they don't leave uh the the one neighbor's trying to help the other guy get his tangerine crop trying to harvest that just looking for help trying to get these tangerines get those tangerines gotta get them tangerines man can't let them go to waste and uh they have there's a little 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 skirmish in between their two in their two houses with some soldiers and they save they save two guys one from each side and then it's nursing them back to health and then you know them giving their word that they're not going to kill each other inside this guy's house and this guy looks like michael haneke <laughs> which was interesting and then one the one of the soldiers looks like a beefed up uh h john benjamin which was interesting because that's all i could think of while i was watching it bob's so sorry about that yes yeah, sorry about that tangerines <laughs> that was my fault but uh, it's a good little movie. I mean, it's not 
it's not anything, uh, you know, that special, I want to say. You know, it's just a good anti-war film. You've seen a number of them. If you've seen, you know, if you've seen a couple, you know exactly where it's going to go and how it's going to play out. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just a, a good, a good, enjoyable time. Not a lot to say on it, though. You know, everything everything's good. The performances are good. The cinematography's pretty good. The, you know, the script's fine. It's just it's an alright movie. It's like a seven. It's kind of like just just a little bit above a meh. Okay, and that's Tangerines. Where did you see this one? I got this one on DVD for Netflix. DVD for Netflix. Yeah, I saw Entertainment, directed by Rick Alverson. Let's let's skip that and just go on to something else because you're just rubbing it into my face. Well, I I saw it this week and I figured I should mention it. How, how I won't it? I won't talk a lot about it because I imagine that we will be reviewing this on the show. <laughs> you're damn right, we're going to. I will say that I liked it more than. Was it the comedy? Yeah. I always yeah. forget if it's the comedy or the comedian. Anyway, I liked it more than that, and I liked the comedy quite a bit. So I I like this movie a lot. It is probably the most depressing comedy I've ever seen. <laughs> One of the. It's like Rick Alverson is the only director that, that can make me need a palate cleanser after watching a comedy. <laughs> he makes the saddest comedies ever. But it's... Uh, so if you're familiar with with Greg Turkington and his his character of Neil Hamburger, basically it's a, a Neil Hamburger movie. Yeah. And Ty Sheridan's in it. He's in it more than I expected actually because basically Neil Hamburger is on this comedy tour out in the desert in California and Ty Sheridan is another comedian with him on this tour and it Okay. I love the sound of that. And it's just the saddest road trip ever. And at the beginning of the tour, he's already pretty down on himself. He's already pretty down, but by the end, he's just a broken man. He's just, each stop, he gets progressively more depressed and just starts to lose it. He just starts to lose his shit. And there are some things that happen in this movie that are genuinely shocking. There's one thing in particular that happens that you're just like, oh my god. They just, they just, what? Oh my god. So needless to say, this gets very dark. And gotcha. it's got some nice cameos in it. Tim Heidecker is in it for a minute. Uh, Michael Sarah's in it and plays this really, really creepy dude. <laughs> He's getting really... He has an unbelievable ability of playing. Yeah, really I think person. I think he realizes that. That he, he can kind of... I think a lot of people realize that. He that. can play. There's, what was that movie that came out like last year? He They, they made... Both movies back to back. Oh, was the oh my god! What the hell are they called? One with the cactus. Yeah, one was the the cactus. cactus one, but the other one, I can't remember the name of the other one. Um, but he was he was magic magic. Yes, magic magic. He was so creepy in that. He's very creepy in this too. He's only in it for one scene, but uh, Amy Simetz is in it too. John C. Riley plays his his cousin. And his, he's like this kind of rich, I don't know if he's a, they, I think they say it in the movie. I don't know if he's like an oil guy, but he owns all this land. He owns this like giant parcel of land. And he's, he's so good to have this parcel. Yeah. He spends a decent amount of time with uh, John C. Riley too. Who's pretty funny in it. 
in one scene, you see it in the trailer, in one scene he gets drunk and essentially does his Steve Brule voice, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Yes. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's a film that is certainly going to, a lot of people are not going to like it, just flat out, okay. just because of the the tone and the style of what it is. A lot of people are just going to hate this movie, I think, but I loved it. It's it's right up my alley. It's right up your alley too. So I know this is one of my uh, like one of my most anticipated films of the it year. It looks gorgeous I too, by the way. I can't wait to see it. It looks gorgeous. The a lot of the because it it gets it goes to some pretty surreal kind of weird places, and the way that it's shot looks looks incredible. So yeah, entertainment. Keep a lookout for that. I cannot remember when this is coming out. Not soon enough. I'm looking it up. Uh. November thirteenth, it it's coming out. Oh my god! <laughs> so you got a, yeah, a little ways to go with that one, but that's my birthday present right there. Yeah, there you go. Gotta watch some entertainment. Uh, I watched. I think you watched this as well. How the sky will I did. Know, yeah, from Matthew Wade. Got a little. Do a little mini review on it. A little mini review. This is going to be uh, premiering on NoBudge.com on September first. Uh, as of right now, I think you can go to howtheskywillmelt.com and buy it. I think for like $5, do- $5 or pay whatever you want. One of those I love those. Of deals. I love those. Yeah, I like that. Um, and uh, so let's just get the first bit over with. Super 8. It's Super 8. Movie. Yeah. It's a feature length filmed on Super 8 millimeter. So it has a very distinctive look. And that look is amazing. It's a look that I haven't seen in a long time, in actually. so long. Oh, my God. But it just... But not only that, the the narrative that we're working with here blends perfectly with Super 8. Oh, yeah. Like, it makes complete sense that this movie was made. You know, it's not this, like, hey, I made a movie in Super 8. And then you watch it, and you're like, well, there's really no reason that this Why does it look Super like this? It's just, yeah. just kind of like a novelty type mm-hmm. thing. But it makes sense here, and they work so well together, and it just gets it grows increasingly um, per- perplexing as it you know as it travels through whatever the hell's going on in this movie, which I'm not a hundred percent sure what's well, going on. Let me just before I give any any thoughts on this, I, I need to throw out a disclaimer. I put this on. My my dad and uh, please tell me you watched this. With no, I didn't. Dad. No, I didn't. But I was preparing for him to come visit this weekend, so I was like, "Oh, I'll just I'll put this on while I clean, and I'll just I'll watch <laughs> it while I clean." That was a mistake yeah. because this movie, I had no fucking clue what was happening <laughs> in this movie from the beginning. I was like, "What? There's colored eggs, and something wants to eat your color, and..." There's these <laughs> bottles that have color, and then there's sacrifices that need to be made, and a viewmaster, and like, I was just yeah, that, that viewmaster man. That was a high quality was, one. That is something. Just the look of the viewmaster and the smoke and the music. Which okay, let's let's do this. Okay, this is a first time filmmaker named Matthew Wade. So he does the writing, he does some of the cinematography, obviously does the directing. He did the editing. He provided the music for this as well. He did the special effects makeup. He did essentially like everything. And apparently this took him like three years to make because it's on Super 8. Yeah. And I just, like, I love the music. It really 
everything just worked worked together for it's, me. It's an impressive debut for sure. I mean, it's, it's just there's so much fucking creativity in this thing, which is what I love, and just the amount of risk taken, to, you know, for your first feature to be on Super Eight and just to go through all that work, mm-hmm. and then for it to be this uh, this out there. It actually kind of reminded me of like the Oregonian or something like that. Something that yeah, Calvin it, Lee it Reader does would make. Kind of feel like that. Because as the movie goes on, there's there's numerous spots where you, it kind of gives you this this hint of like, okay, we're going to explain things now. We're going to wrap it up. But it just gets weirder and gets more confusing and more mysterious. It seems like it's is the story told out of uh, out of order? Cause, well, that's the thing. Like you can't because the end is well, the end is definitely the beginning. When, when they're yeah. at the pool, that's definitely how it starts. But then you have so you, this girl goes back home. She's like a famous musician or something. She goes back home because her friend died, and she's just trying to find something, I guess, but, nostalgia, I guess, to make her feel better. But you don't even know if that, like, all of that is real because it's intercut with just images of her just laying in bed in an empty house and watching TV and eating popcorn. I loved that scene at the beginning when they show her sitting down eating the popcorn and then they reverse it. Yes. Uh, the, uh, it was a little thing, but I was like, oh, that looks awesome. Plus all the all the cinematography in the, uh, I don't know where they shot this, but the rocky terrain, uh-huh. Yeah, you know, where they find the eggs and the case with the bottles that have colored liquid in it. All of that was just amazing. Just looked gorgeous. And then it got really creepy with the feed me your colors thing. Mm-hmm. Like that, honestly, that unnerved me. Yeah. Because it kind of came out of nowhere and his voice is all distorted. And I was just creeped out. Because I don't know what the fuck it means. But it can't be good, obviously. Let me let me read the synopsis. Maybe this will shed some light for, for the people. It's not going to help. For but... the people listening <laughs> that, that maybe they can decide. Gwen, a musician with a growing paranoia disorder, returns to her hometown after a traumatic event. Diverting their emotional issues with a strange and unholy discovery. She and her friends begin to deteriorate the fabric of the universe. (laughs) So, you know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to unpack. It seems very, uh, it has a fetish for colors and consumption. There's a lot of close-ups of people eating or intaking audio or visuals. It's just, there's a lot going on in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it is being a first feature. Uh, it's a little rough a, around there. The, the acting uh, is shit in it. It's the, the I thought the 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 main the the main actress uh, Sarah Lynch, which she provides a lot. She, like she did all the hair and makeup and a bunch of other things. I thought that she got better. I don't know if it was filmed like in chronological order, you know, with the scenes and stuff, because it was odd because if felt like she was getting better as the movie went on yeah maybe maybe but i thought i thought she did i thought she did a good job but yeah you're right everyone else is kind of it's 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 rough it's rough but that's that's to be expected but with it the kind of, it, and it, it doesn't it doesn't distract it doesn't distract yeah. that much yeah and it <clears throat> and it kind of plays into the what you have going on here anyways the aesthetic because it has this like 80s feel to it it feels like it takes place in the 80s because you have the feathered earrings and the leather jackets and the '80s type music. Mm-hmm. So everything just it kind of work. Everything works wonderfully in concert. I thought. Yeah, I agree. I and just myself. I mean, it's going to be free on no budge. So I give it a look. There's no nothing to excuse lose. Not, 
Yeah, yeah. Stakes are low. And that's I definitely recommend. Yeah, it. and that's called How the Sky Will Melt. So check check that Which out. Which I they did not answer that question. I have no idea how the sky will melt. I don't know either. But I have a feeling it has something to do with painted eggs. Speckled eggs. Viewfinders. Elaborate elaborate viewfinders or rainbow cakes. I don't know. Something. Eating popcorn with your mouth open, <laughs> which was gross. Orange. Drinking oh my juice. god, I loved oh, I'm so <laughs> glad you reminded me of that scene. I loved it. The orange. orange. Oh, the orange. That it's called drinking juice. Oh, I loved it. I think that was my favorite part, is the ad for orange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. All right. Um, the only other thing that I saw was Digging for Fire, the new Joe Swanberg movie. And how was this? It was good. I have a feeling I know exactly how it was. It was exactly what we said, because we were, we were talking about reviewing this on the show this week, and ultimately we decided not to because we figured that it would be the same comments that we have for every Swanberg movie. And that's exactly what it was. It was fine. There was nothing wrong with this movie, but he, he's just playing with the same themes that he, that he's always playing with. Jake Johnson and Rosemary DeWitt are a married couple. They have a young son who's played by um, Jude Swanberg, of course. And they, uh, Rosemary DeWitt and their son kind of go away for a couple days to visit their, their grandma. And the, during this time, Jake Johnson has a bunch of his friends over and there's like uh, kind of he, he develops this kind of almost romantic entanglement with Brie Larson. And then Rosemary DeWitt kind of gets in this uh, romantic entanglement with Orlando Bloom. Oh, it's boy. just, a, you know, it's kind of stuff that we've seen from Swanberg before. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing because the dialogue's great. You know, it, it has that kind of natural unscripted feel to it, like most of his movies it's loaded with great characters. Sam Rockwell, Jenny Slate, Ron Livingston, Chris Messina, uh, Melanie Linsky's in there. A lot of uh, Swanberg vets are in here. Anna Kendrick, Sam Elliott's in there too. Sam Elliott? Yeah, Sam Elliott. Okay. Sam Elliott. He plays Rosemary DeWitt's step stepfather. And he's great in it. You know, they, he gives him some time to speak his wisdom, his Sam Elliott wisdom. You all, yeah, and it, it's funny because it starts off like the Burbs, and I was so excited because I was like, "Oh man, this is like the Burbs." Because what happens is they're, they're, um Jake Johnson and Rosemary DeWitt are staying at I think it's a friend's. They're like house sitting for a friend, and he ends up finding a bone, a human bone, and he starts digging to see if he can find more, and then. You know, she leaves and he has to do taxes like his he needs to spend the weekend doing their taxes. So she leaves with their son. And of course, he just focuses on trying to find more bones. Well, wouldn't you? I mean, if you, you know. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taxes or digging up human remains. Come on. Easy. So it kind of at, at first it was the setup was like the burbs, essentially. And I was like kind of excited for that. And he gets kind of obsessed with trying to uncover more things and the interesting thing is he does uncover more things he finds a gun he finds more bones and the way that it ends it's it's got a very very satisfying ending it, it, he ties swanberg ties everything up very nicely and, and satisfyingly 
And like like most of his movies, it's a feel good movie. It, it makes you feel good by the end because the characters ultimately make the right decision. Gotcha. And it does he end up finding fire? Is that? What well, I think the whole. Well, maybe I don't know. My my <laughs> assumption with the digging for fire is kind of like the uh, the fact that they're kind of flirting with they're putting you they're putting them fire, each burn. they're putting themselves in a position to possibly cheat on their spouse. Oh shit! But anyway, I I enjoyed it. It's not amazing by any stretch, but yeah. I recommend checking it out. It's on VOD, so you can just rent it. So okay. All right. All right. Anything else? No. All right. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and move on to some predictions. Last week, uh, no escape. Uh, you said thirty, or no? You said thirty. I said thirty-six. Actual forty. Okay. Mm. <laughs> we have a review for this up on. Or no, we don't. Never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> of the other one. I was thinking of we. We are your friends. We have a review for that up on the site. Blake liked that one. Uh, Queen of Earth. I said 86, you said 82, actual 96, wow. 96 on that one. Wow. People are loving the Queen of Earth. That's not that good. Come on, people. Yeah, I, I agree, actually. All right, next week we have kind of another barren week, really. Right. We're getting to the end of the summer here, so all the all the big blockbusters are winding down. I don't think there are any more, actually. Probably not. Transporter refueled. Oh, thank goodness. It's about time we refuel this one. I'm going to say 16. I'm going to say 12. Something to tell it, it have you Have you seen anything? I for think this? I saw one trailer, maybe. And it looks terrible. Yeah, it looks really bad. Looks really bad. Uh, next week, I, I'm pretty sure that's the only wide release next week. So, in limited release, we have Dragon Blade, which is a Jackie Chan movie, I believe. That sounds good. Breakpoint. Which is a tennis comedy. Okay. Dirty. It, that actually doesn't look horrible. Dirty Weekend, which is the Neil Le, Lebute one with Matthew Broderick. Broderick? Yeah, Broderick. Okay. Broderick back for a Dirty Weekend. Oh, yeah. shit. Uh, before we go, that's the uh, Chris Evans one, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Eh, that one doesn't look great to me. Blind? That's supposed to be really Yeah, I heard good, good things about that one. I'm looking forward Steve to Steve Jobs, The Man in the Machine. I think that that's a Gibney. A Gibney doc. <laughs> Probably. Any, any documentary about a, a high-profile person is just automatically going to be a Gibney yeah, doc. Yeah, you could pretty much just say, I think it's a Gibney. And it's like a 50-50 chance that you're correct. Quick plug, documentary now on IFC. Check that out. It's amazing. If so, you're into nothing's, nothing's coming out, just watch that and have a Skyball melt yeah. this week. You if, if you if you're a fan of documentaries, you will have a, a enormous appreciation for documentary. Now they actually pushed this week's episode back because of that shooting, the uh, the live uh, on air shooting that happened this week earlier this week. Yeah, they pushed it back. I think that this week's episode was supposed to be the um, Thin Blue Line uh, parody. Maybe maybe not. It might have uh, been another one, but I think that that's the one. Uh, we also have a reason. Okay. I'm actually not sure what that one is. I don't either. Next week on VOD, we have Run, High Die. Mm-hmm. Sounds like that didn't work out for the person. They ran and they hid and they still died. <laughs> that's kind of spoiler, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
Dragon Blade. I don't know what's going to happen. Blood sucking bastard. I just love the idea of Dragon Blade. Sorry, what? I just love the idea of Dragon Blades. Dragon Blades. It looks like a Wirefu okay. style. Right. I'm I'm actually not in. I'm for some reason those just got played out after Crouching Tiger. Yeah, but uh, this one has John Cusack and Adrian Brody. Oh God. So is ja- is is that the Jackie Chan one or was I mistaken? <laughs> No, it's Jackie Chan, okay. and it takes place during the Han Dynasty. So it's it's John Cusack playing a Roman general. Who thought that was a good idea? Um, Daniel Lee, apparently. Jeez, he's the director and he wrote it. God, also has Shawnee Vincent in it. That's like the one. That's like the one that came out. I don't know if it was this year, or last year, the one that had Nicolas Cage and Hayden Christensen. <laughs> oh Jesus. Bad casting, guys. Come on. Bloodsucking Bastards. This is a horror comedy with Fran Kranz. Okay. I'll be checking that one out. It looks looks decent. Of course. Looks like it could be could be a bit of fun. Dirty Weekend and Chloe and Theo. Okay. Right. Next week on Blu-ray, Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. No yes. brainer. Yes. Just yes. buy the damn thing. I, I got it on digital hd and i think i'm still gonna buy it on blu-ray just to see what actually i have to look and see what the special features are if they have a making of sure. i'm in boulevard that's the robin williams one that i don't recommend back country do yes. recommend that one uh-huh uh, let's see army of frankensteins not to be not to be mistaken with <laughs> frankenstein's army it came out a few years ago just regurgitating these titles aren't we that looks like it could be an asylum type release um, the sure. d train that looked so yeah. bad it did look awful didn't it and the like the the cover looks terrible just ugh. it just it looks as though they gave up halfway through that like the marketing yeah. and everything they're just like ah, forget it uh good kill that's the one with ethan hawk where he plays the the drone pilot yeah. that that was disappointing it it had a good really good premise but it just ultimately didn't work out uh the curse of downers grove mm-hmm. bessie that's the hbo one with queen latifah okay uh, let's see what else we got here dark was the night it's a horror movie the redeemer i heard good things about that actually we have a screener for that so i'll, I'll be taking a oh, taking a look at that one that's a uh, action movie the martial arts movie but i think yeah. it's a spanish martial arts movie so what? yeah kind of interesting Gemma Bovary, seven minutes. Do not recommend seven minutes. Uh, let's see. That's that's pretty much it. Okay. Huh. Eh, get that Mad Max. Oh, the Harvest. That's the one with Michael Shannon. I was oh uh, the horror movie. I was interested in that. Oh, I'm interested in that one as well. Samantha Morton too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do we got on Criterion? Anything? Anything on Criterion? There is n- no Criterions. No criterions, none. all right. No, none. None. All right. Uh-uh. Well, in that case, that'll do it. Send us your questions. Okay. Podcast at is the address. Follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse. Thank you so much for listening, watching, subscribing, all of that. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you on Thursday for Ryan Watches a Movie.